Do you miss the good old days meeting with our colleagues and having those face-to-face -face interactions? Who doesn't? It's that connection, camaraderie, and discussions that unite us all. So join us as we work to gain all that back and more through the new ReConnect podcast. I'm Kim McTiernan, Account Manager in Lower Alabama. And I'm Stephanie Fowler, Account Manager in East Mississippi. We will be your host. This podcast is all about all of you, our incredibly experienced, effective, results-driven account managers. We're excited to bring you guests that will deliver insights, helpful knowledge, sales and business strategies to grow your markets, something new, hopefully, a little fun, and most of all, we'll be reconnected during our drive. Reconnect will drop on the second Tuesday of the month, so be sure to open your email from the source and listen anytime. Go out today and reconnect with your colleagues, customers, friends, and families. And please send us your topics you want us to cover and suggestions for future episodes to reconnect at urpt.com. Welcome to episode three, to know about now what? We have two guests who contributed to this episode with different viewpoints. So continue listening all the way to the end so you can hear both. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining us today for sure. So why don't you, do we have Kevin Conlon. Kevin, why don't you introduce yourself? Because everybody, um, just if they're not familiar with you and what region you're a sales manager of and the territories, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so I'm the, the Northeast Regional Sales Manager, and so that encompasses um, the state of Pennsylvania, which is our largest, you know, the largest state with clinics that, that we have for Dreyer, uh, but I also have Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, and New Jersey. So that's the territory I have. I was an account manager in Pennsylvania prior to becoming the Regional Sales Manager, and then before that, I actually worked in new development. So the de novo stuff kind of came a little bit naturally to me just because of my background and working with the, um, the new development de novo team with Dreyer for several, several years before becoming an account manager. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I remember hearing that you were in business development before and, and really played a role in that. So obviously um, when this de novo playbook was in uh, conception, you were certainly a great fit to, to help uh, lead that and get a task force together. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So the task force, you know, came together and it's like, oh man, it's been what, like two years now, I think since the oh. whole process started, because I know, yeah. and I think you guys are on the sales, the sales task force, you know, portion yeah. of this. So obviously this was a, an idea with, you know, Jeff Barr and yeah, I think Brett Collins was involved in, in coming up with these like, these plans for us, these tasks for us to tackle certain subject matters across our, our department. Um, and the de novo one, obviously it fit, fit pretty well into, into my bucket. Um, at the time I, you know, when we, when this first started, I was not the regional manager yet. I was still just an account manager in Pennsylvania when the whole task force started. Um, but you know, Brett and Jeff approached me about being on it. Um, and, and what's funny is the other member. So Michelle Rayfield was a huge, uh, part of the of the playbook as well in Tennessee. What what started with four ended up just being Michelle and I to kind of to kind of close it out. So it was a, it was a wild you know process that way. Um, but I think the general thought was that there was a lot just about the de novo process that we as account managers never got a window into. Not just from what what we do right, which is go out and try to sell this thing, but how does the whole process start? What's going on behind the scenes? What is there really that we should know and what shouldn't we know, right? There's some things that we, you know, quite honestly don't need to be a part of and we don't need to, 
be out there talking about. But there's some things that would certainly help us as we're planning. You know, we're creating these business plans and we're looking six months down the road, nine months, and we decide we'd, it'd be really nice for us to have a better view of what all goes into to opening a clinic from the operations standpoint to the account manager standpoint. Um, so that was a big part of it. And then the second part that, that Michelle and I focused on was how do we present opportunities that we feel like are out there, right? We are in the field, we're out, in the, out driving around every day and making these calls. I think we are, have been an underutilized resource in terms of presenting opportunities to open a DeNovo. You know, so much of our DeNovo uh, activity is reactionary. We wait to hear, hey, we're going here, and now go ahead and do this, right? I've always thought, well, why can't we tell some people we should go here and at least put it on their table? Now, it might not always work out, and of course it won't, but I always felt like we've been underutilized in what we can bring to the table in terms of presenting the DeNovo idea and seeing where it goes. So I think when we came to the task force, it was a combination of how do we get our ideas out there to our RVP, to our ADs? How do we get a, a, a bigger window into the process as a whole? And then, and then finally, okay, now that we, you know, we are open this clinic, what's the best practices for an account manager to make this kind of launch with a success? So those were the three, I, you want to call it three pillars of the, of the task force. I would say those were the ideas. Yeah, it total, makes total sense. Absolutely. It does make Absolutely. So with that, um, and what, like I said, when we first started, um, I think before we hit record, absolutely love this, this playbook and you do call it the DeNovo playbook. Mm -hmm. So, um, if anybody doesn't have this playbook yet, we are going to include that in the show notes. Again, how there can be the attachment. It is on the source as well. And it, it, it really is amazing. So tell me like the best practices on how you see utilization of the playbook. What did you and Michelle really determine would be the best use of it? Sure. So again, and this I would say as a, as a two-part answer as well. I think there's two really good ways to implement this. It is one is we talked about if you have this idea in your mind about, hey, I, we should have a clinic in this town, right? I, I go through here all the time. I've got relationships here. It's underserved, you know, it's underserved. It's whatever, whatever the reason being, if I have this opportunity, how do I get someone to listen to me, right? How do I present this to an RVP, to a VPO, to an area director, to one of my clinic directors, right? How do I get somebody to back this idea? And I think a lot of us have had these over time and we have always just thrown it out as an idea. We did exactly that. We throw it to an RVP as an idea, but we didn't really put a ton of work into the idea, right? And then it gets kind of dismissed or it's listened to, but eh, I'm down the road, you know, whatever the, the reason might be. So I think the big, the first utilization is when you have this, this idea, you know, in the playbook, you can see exactly, okay, here's what you need to take this to an RVP. It can't just be, we should go here because I think we should, right? It's, Hey, I have real tangible information that I've, I've researched. I've put the time in. I've created my document of here's why we should open a benchmark, a dragger, you know, whatever your brand is. This is why we should open in this town. And I've done the work, right? I don't, I'm, not tell, I'm not giving it to you and then telling you to go do the work. I've done the work. I'm, I'm putting it to you on your table here. Now, what can we do with it, right? 
So I think that's a big utilization at first is how do I get my ideas to my leadership? And then the second, you know, big utilization is when you are in the loop, right? Hey, we, and we always get brought in at certain times. Hopefully we're getting brought in earlier and earlier than not, but I, I do understand sometimes it slips through the cracks and all of a sudden we have a de novo that we maybe weren't as prepared as we could have been for it. Um, but is the second utilization is, okay, I know this clinic's coming. How do I get myself best prepared? Not just me, but my clinic director, right? Whoever, who's going to run this clinic? How do we as a team get best prepared to launch this with success, right? And so you can see in there, it takes you through all the steps of what you need to have done on the front end, what needs to be done in the middle, what needs to be done when it opens, and then also what is that first kind of month looking like after it opens. Um, and I really do think the, the information that Michelle and, and, and I end up putting in there I think if you follow it, I, I do think you'll have success in launching, you know, launching that, that de novo. So two parts to, yeah. to that answer, both equally, I think, as important, depending on what you're looking at. Now, this is going to be some great information moving forward for 2021, because, you know, the business plan and the growth opportunities, they're looking at like 125 new yes. de novos that mm -hmm. they're trying to get rolled out. So there is no better time than right now for you to kind of walk us through how that happened. So thank you so much for doing that, Kevin. And it really does make such great sense. And you follow this playbook and then success can follow. So thank you. Yeah. And I do think the, you know, the, the, the other part of following that playbook, right, is obviously the more success you as an account manager have with your de novos, the better chance one of your de novo ideas will be taken Serious, no, I won't say seriously, but take, you know, take it into account, right? If I'm an RVP or a VPO or, or whatever, and I know that, hey, Stephanie, when we open a new clinic, Stephanie kills it, right? These clinics launch and they are doing great. Then when Stephanie brings an idea to me and says, hey, I think we should go here, I'm much more likely, I think, to listen to Stephanie, right? Because she has proven that she can launch de novo. So I think it all ties in together too, which is, you know, and Stephanie, you hit the nail on the head there. We're going to try to open 125 to 150 clinics this year. I think our DeNovo team needs all the, all the help they can get in making that happen. So the more ideas, I think, is probably the better. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's a lot of, especially this year, you're right, there's a lot of uses that we can get out of, out of it. Well, I think there's, there's a couple things you know, I'd like to touch on, and a lot of it has to do with the timing of the process, right? So a big thing when, when we were putting together the playbook for Michelle and I was we really did work with George on the benchmark side and we worked with Tom Swavely on the, the Dreyer side. They're, they're the two kind of leaders of, of the, of the company's March on, on DeNovo's. And we wanted to make sure that they not just approve, but that, that we were putting things in there correctly, right? That, Hey, this is really the process. And so they were very instrumental in walking us through what it means to be, in leasing versus being in an LOI versus being in due diligence, like all those things that we hear all the time, but do we really pay attention to what that means? And I think that's really good because we were gonna have, we thought about having George and Tom on, and we thought that you could represent though, because sure. exactly what you just said is you already did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just yep. and, and so busy and not that, not that you're not, but the same thing is you could articulate because you already kind of did that groundwork. Yeah. And everybody may not know that if they haven't had a de novo. And it is it, it is a lot. You're trying to run your territory, but then there's a lot of um, extra pressure because you will need to make sure this de novo launches right 
and is completely successful. And you can have it in the phone because it's going to serve those patients in that market. And, you know, that's obviously the takeaway, what we all want for um, that Denovo to be successful. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, I worked with Tom, Tom, if he was my boss for four years, you know, that's who I reported to. And that's who I did a lot of my, my work with. So, you know, fortunately for me, I, I knew that stuff, right? So it was e- a little bit easier for me because I knew what it meant to be in the LOI stage and knew what it meant to be doing, because that's what I was doing. I was right. moving clinics through that stage for, for so many years. And I was out looking for opportunities to bring to Tom, but there, there's always an importance of timing, and I feel like it's always good for an account manager to know that de novo's take up. There's a, there's so much work behind the scenes to get a clinic open, and I know listen, I've been in the same boat where you feel like they've been telling me this clinic's coming for a year, like and it's not coming, and you get angry or you get frustrated, and and you don't really know what's going on. Well, like, I can promise you, there's a really good reasons why clinics don't open, right? It's a there was a, an issue with the with the contract, right? There was an issue in the leasing. There was an issue with the space, and all of a sudden, the pipes were up to code, and and then now we got to take another month to fix those. Like, there's always something, and I feel like the more we know that that these things are going on, the less frustrated we get, right? We know that they're all working towards the resolution, whether or not it's going as quickly as we like. But everyone's on the same team. Everyone's trying to move it, and they just take time. You know, they just take a lot of time, and it's important for us, and one thing that Tom was very adamant about, and it's happened before and it's burned us, is there is a certain time where we know de novo's coming before we actually act in the field on that de novo, right? You don't want to do anything too early because you could potentially mess up that clinic opening, and it happened. I, I, you know, I don't want to bring up specific examples, but I'll say there was a time when we had an account manager and knew a clinic was coming, but we had not signed a lease yet. So we really shouldn't have been out marketing that clinic yet because the, you know, the, the I's weren't dotted and the T's weren't crossed. And so we were out there marketing and sure enough, it got back to a hospital system. They got wind of it and they came in and shut it down. I mean, before we were in leasing, they shut it down. All of a sudden we can't sign a lease anymore because they, they found out about it. They, they came in and, and rented us. And so those are all things that you don't probably think about that much. Like, oh, I, I know the Nova's coming. I'm going to go here. And sometimes she's like, hey, we just got to pump the brakes a little bit. Like, it's great that you know, do your work behind the scenes, get yourself prepared, but don't be out there, you know, singing it to the heavens here that, that we're going to open this clinic because it could potentially prevent us from doing it. So some of that stuff, that's which is really, point, Karen. Yeah, that's really important, point. the timing, everything fits into the timeline, right? There's, there's a reason for everything. And so there's a reason that we don't go market until the lease is signed because Nothing will ever be for certain until that lease is signed. So I think that's a big, a big takeaway um, from it, and something that that probably, as an account manager, you wouldn't think that that's the most important thing from the book. But really, that's a really important, important factor for for that. Um, and I think the other thing is Michelle did a really good job. So the, in the playbook, you'll see there's a survey about how do we figure out where's you know what specialties are needed and where's a, an underserved population. So Michelle has that survey in there, which I thought was a really good tool. And I don't know how many people have used it. I would say if you're thinking about presenting an opportunity to somebody, take a look at the, at the survey that Michelle put together in the playbook. And you can see it has a lot of great questions that you could ask your referral sources. And if they are honest with you and give you the correct answers, that could be the key to 
either getting a specialty PT that's going to help unlock a new territory or just un underserved communities, which is the biggest thing for us is where should we be going? Um, and who knows that better than our, than our referral sources? Right. Like they know, they know where they don't have the, the, the PT service to send to. They know where their, their people are having to drive too far to come see them. Um, so I think it's just asking those questions to our referral sources is a big key as well. I think that, Absolutely. I think asking those questions even deepens the relationship, even though it's the, the starting point to uncover if there's a need, but you kind of um, deepen that relationship with those referral sources because you care and yes. you're showing that you care and you're showing that it's about their patients and making sure those patients are taken care of. So I know when I've um, had and asked those questions, it's kind of, um, it's been really good because it makes them think a little bit more of um, what their needs are and yeah. that somebody's listening to what those needs are. It, whether they come to fruition or not, even just having those starting conversations, um, you know, gets a better, better uh, relationship with them. And especially if you know, and, and we're, we all work in sales, right? So we know, or we should know how to communicate with our referral sources the, appropriately. And I always felt like if you ask, to your point, Kim, exactly right, if you ask those referral sources and you present it in a way that, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Where are you underserved, right? Emphasizing you, where are you underserved? What specifically do you need? Not, hey, where can we go? Right. In there, well, what, hey, you can go anywhere, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. But if you, if you say, what do you need? Where are your patients coming from that aren't getting the care? You're right. I think that only strengthens like, hey, you know, benchmark is, is they're really worried about this population's underserved and they're looking to see if they can figure out a way to, to help us. And, or, you know, Dreyer, Dreyer's asking about these specialty services because they feel like it's underserved. And you know what? No one's asked me about that. All they've ever asked me before is to send patients to their existing clinic, right? So I do that's, think there's a way to do that. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say, that we're always in there asking them to do something for us, but the real value add, honestly, that we've always talked about, like, how can you add value? How can you add value? That's how you do that, is having this conversation about what is it that they're needing? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It takes it off of us and always asking, hey, can you, asking them to help us, but now, you know, how can we help you? And that's major value adding right there. And I think, you know, I, I, I know that, in talking to Tom here recently, I know that coming down the pike at some point this year, they are revamping a little bit of their own de novo process and trying to figure out, you know, ways to just collect more information. And I'm hopeful that we will be, you know, the account managers will be a part of that because I do think, even if you're just looking at a list, I know I look at a list and sometimes I'm of where we're going de novo. I'm like, well, we shouldn't go there. We should actually go here. I mean, like we should we should be going here. Why are we going there? Um, and I think at some point I'm hopeful that we'll be able to be able to provide that feedback and, and have it be listened to and heard. And yeah, I think another part of this too, is you, and I think in the playbook even says you can't be afraid to be told no about presenting an opportunity. Yeah. You could be present, you could present an opportunity 10 times and be told no 10 times and on the 11th. They're like, Oh, you know what? Something's changed. Maybe we do want to go here. We need the leader, right? The only reason we didn't go there the first 10 times because we just didn't have the staff. We didn't have the PT. Now we have somebody that's from there. Hey, Stephanie's been telling me we should go here and now I want to do it. So I think that's a, another thing. And I understand it. It's, it's, it, and it's the, the sales thing, right? You can't be afraid to hear no. 
But I think when we present an opportunity to an RVP and we get told no, it's like, ah, I don't want to present another one. And it's like, why not? I mean, go ahead. So you got told no, you know, maybe you'll get told no 50 times before they open one of your clinics. It's, you know, but I think the, the more we're willing to be, to hear that, the better. And so I think even looking at that list and being like, oh man, I don't know if we should be going here because of 20 different reasons that only we know. Right. We're the ones that are in that, in the field, right? We're, the, we're seeing the patterns. We know what's going on. Well, we should actually go 15 minutes down the road because I feel like we'll have a more successful clinic. And I think if we get to the point where we can present that information and not be afraid that they might come back and say, I think you're wrong. Okay. You know what I mean? I presented it. I felt, I feel good about it. I said my, my piece and, and they decided to go in a different direction. And that's great. Either way, I'm still going to do the same thing, right? I'm still going to bust my butt to get that clinic open wherever they put it. Right. But I just feel like we can't be afraid to, to have those conversations. I think there seems to be a really good line of communication with George and Tom and with our RVPs and starting with you, Kevin, as the sales manager. I mean, so really, if we back this up a little bit, the account managers listening to this that maybe never, never thought, oh, I can provide my input. Potentially, they may be newer to the team. Um, you know, would you recommend the starting point is to talk to their sales manager like you and to talk through it and to kind of work their way up that way? Would you recommend sure. that? Absolutely. And, and, you know, everything is relationship, right? The better relationships that, that I have, that you have, that we have with our, with our clinic directors, with our area directors, with our RVPs, with the VPL, anybody in that, in that, you know, line, the better their relationship, you know, the easier it's going to be to communicate, right? So if you are, hopefully, if you're a seasoned account manager, you've been with us a while, you have those relationships. And you don't need to probably go to me or Susan or whoever, because it's my RVP. I'm working with them for four years. They trust me. They're going to listen to me. But yeah, if you are a newer account manager, right, maybe you just started in the last year, you haven't had a ton of time to build that RVP relationship. A lot of your communications probably been at the clinic director level or with your regional sales manager. I think it's absolutely fine to come to your sales manager and say, hey, you know, Kevin, I have this idea about a clinic. Um, I looked at the playbook. I know how I want to present it. Do you feel like I should? And, and we as managers should guide you, right? And I think the best thing would be, I would never, if someone brought me an idea, I would never want to myself just go to the RVP and, and kind of pass it off as like it was mine, right? I would say, you know what, Stephanie, that's a great idea. Why don't I get a hold of whoever your RVP is? Um, and we're going to have a call with the three of us, right? I'm going to be on it to, just to make, you, to make you feel more comfortable. But this is your thing. So I still, I, I want to make sure that you are getting the experience, presenting the opportunity. But I feel like the manager certainly should be able to provide the buffer if someone isn't, doesn't have that level of relationship, right? Um, but I think over time, I think the goal would be that you build those relationships to a point that, that's an easy call for you to make. And I feel like our team does a really good job of that. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you guys have your great relationships. I know my team has really good relationships with our RVP. So, you know, moving forward, it's going to be an interesting year. we got to meet those goals of 125 for 2021. And any way that we can help support and make that happen, that's what we've got to do. Absolutely. And, it's, you know, and I, and I know – and you guys have been, you know, been with the company for a while. And you guys you, – you both know that – the communication from a de novo standpoint is a thousand times better, I think, than it, than it used to be. 
Oh, okay. I don't know what you guys think, but I would say we've made incredible strides yep. in that department. Um, and I think there's always room for improvement, but I think we're definitely have been much, much better the last couple of years. And I think that will pay off. I really do. I think this year, and, you know, and years to come, I do think that level of communication and relationship is going to help us get to the marks that we, that we need to, to get to. Um, and it's, you're right, never been more important than than now with all the different things going on in the world and with our company, right? That hitting those goals has never been more important. Oh, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's so much better. I think this playbook has a lot to do with it. I think having those conversations, having George on the call, um, and Tom is great, a great communicator as well. I know for us in, um, you know, in the regions that, that we're in. So I think that's fantastic. And I think, I think Jill, Jill and her team, right? Jill and Sarah, their involvement has been, you know, so much better over the last couple of years. I think just having a market, I think it has to do with more with Brett being in charge of just a marketing team, right? And they know exactly what their roles are. And I think Sarah does an awesome job getting the flyers and the, and the um, script pads, and everything you need out for DeNovo's. I think that process has been really good. Um, so all those things I think will play into successful launches. Yeah, and I will speak to that too, Kevin, because I've had a Denovo that came out the very end of October, October 26th to be exact of 2020. And Sarah was really on top of it where she was sending emails to the clinic director and CCing me on the email saying, hey, we need to get pictures up so we can put it on Google. We got to get pictures so that they, so when people do try to find us via um, the internet or whatever, that they can see the pictures of the clinics. And that was new. Um, for me. So I thought that was a really, I agree with you that things are definitely um, moving in a positive direction, yeah. especially um, coming from the Jillian and Sarah, for sure. Mm-hmm. My flyers were at home. I was like, oh, this is great. I didn't have to yeah. order them. They showed up. <laughs> and that allows you to, like we said, like even in the playbook, right? It says, okay, so a couple weeks before you're launching, right? You should expect to receive this information from Sarah. And that allows you to not have to worry about it. Right. That's one. That's, the, mm-hmm. that's something that you know that Sarah and Jill are going to take care of, and then all you have to do is plan on what am I doing with the information that they send. Right? I got all my flyers now. Where are my targets? Where are the offices I think that need to know this first? And you can start making your calls. Which I think you know all of it. The more efficient it is, the better it is for the account managers and the clinic directors too. Because you know, the clinic directors, the last thing they want to worry about when they're trying to open up a clinic is do I have a flyer with my headshot. Yeah, do, I, do I need this? Where do I go? Like they, the clinic director opening a new clinic, they want to work to get that, their name out there, get the clinic, you know, the actual physical space set up how they want it. And then they oh, want yeah, to- first right. referral coming in the door on day one. Yep. <laughs> and they want to know that the account manager is ready and can tell them and can help them, right? Hey, Kim told me to go here, here, and here. That's where I'm going. And, and Kim's going to take care of these six places. Like I, that, the less they have to worry about, the better. Absolutely. So um, as we kind of uh, close things out, Kevin, is there anything, um, have you heard any interesting stories about how any account managers have utilized the playbook? We're going to have Tammy Pessigan, who is the account manager in Denver, and she's going to be part of the podcast as well. So we're going to hear her story in a little while. But is there any others that you can think of that you want to share? So I've actually heard more from some of our clinic directors who have had a chance to look at than necessarily account managers. Now, part of it, I think, is obviously, and you said this right at the beginning, 
we launched the playbook and we had plans for what 100 and whatever clinics and then COVID happened and so it probably got lost a little bit and I think we didn't open as many clinics as we had probably hoped to and so I think this year will be a bigger test for it right to see who's all using it and I'd love I can't wait to hear what Tammy has to say about how she utilized it but I did hear from a lot of the clinic directors who are opening their new clinic I wouldn't say anything necessarily interesting, just that they do like, oh, this is really great. And this has really helped me plan my first couple weeks. Yes. And I talked to the account managers about it. And so there's definitely been stories of their using. I know they're looking at it, right? I know they're using yeah. it. Um, and, you know, I, I think we, in the midst of COVID and all the craziness, I think it was incredible that we were able to open. Yeah. I think we opened up 53 or yeah. something. Like that was a number. Yeah. Like, that's right. That we were able to do that. Um, and it seems like, at least in my region, most of the ones we've opened have done pretty well. Yeah. Some have done, I gotta be honest, way better than I ever thought they were going to do considering those circumstances. And I don't know for sure that the playbook is, is a reason for that. I hope that it certainly played a part in the, yeah. and I know that, like I said, yeah. I know the clinic directors that I have seen have said, oh, that was, that was helpful. And that really yeah. helped me plan out. So it's good to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a piece in all of it, which I think was needed, very much needed, and it's an incredible resource. So thank you and Michelle for executing it, and this will be relaunched, so it'll be available to everybody. And then if our team executes to get it to the clinic directors of their new DeVanovo, that's how they're going to get it. Because yes. um, I, I, that's like kind of the best execution to make sure you're sharing it with them and then they can go through it and they feel like, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. Cause if it's a, if it's a CD who's opening their first Novo, it's, it's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. So yes. that really is, you, you named it perfectly as the playbook. I mean, that's a perfect name for it because it really does help us execute. Um, there, Obviously, if they've opened them before, it might be a good guideline just as like, okay, check, check. That's what I need to be doing. And then your account manager's got some things going on too that yeah. they've got it covered, which is good. So, And I think going over with your CD, especially if it's a new one, that's just a, that's another relationship builder, right? If yeah. it's a new CD that you haven't, you know, maybe you haven't taken that person out marketing with you before they've never gone to one of your lunches because they were never the cd right they weren't they right. weren't the person that was the face and so now this gives you a chance to i think sit down with them and say hey we're going to go over this together um i'm going to make sure that you know what i'm doing not just from a de novo standpoint but you know some of these newer some of the newer pts that open a clinic for the first time they might not even know well what's the account manager doing you know what I mean what's what's their role and so this is just a good chance to like hey here's what i'm doing for for the clinic on a on a day-to-day -day basis and here is how you can help and let's start with the playbook right here's how your first month should go here and then once we get through that then hopefully they feel a little more comfortable they've talked to you several times and then you can start helping them get out even more you know here's how we do lunches here's how we'll take you here and hey i'm not going to be able to get to your clinic for the next two weeks why don't you stop over and see you know dr so-and-so just i think it all just helps them plan out not just that yeah. first month, but really their whole marketing strategy. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. You've been great. This has been thank fantastic. You. My um, podcast yeah, debut. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you so much. And we have our special guest with us today, Miss Tammy Pesek. And Tammy is the account manager 
for the Rocky Mountain Spine and Sport brand based in Denver, Colorado. She's been with the Upstream family approaching three years. She's an active skier, big traveler during the non-COVID times and enjoys her family, pets, and friends. Her active motto is, everyone has a journey and tries to remember that daily when she's encountering several types of people along her day. So Tammy, welcome and thank you so much for taking time out of your day and out of your territory to speak with Kim and I. We really appreciate it. Well, of course. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. So Tammy, what do you do to prepare uh, for, for opening? You know, we found that out here, um, it's really just uh, communication uh, with your ops team. Um, our responsibility of account managers is to teach and guide um, and really walk through our CDs, um, walk them through the process from conception to reality, get them educated um, and get active and, and hit the ground running from day one. So is that you utilizing the DeNovo playbook or handbook? Absolutely. I love this thing. And I know a, a few people can look at it and maybe think, oh, you know, it's intimidating, but I'm here to give you some, some tips and tricks. Um, I'll even take you right to the page and we can start from there. Well, good. Well, do that for us because when do you, like, when do you provide this to the new CD um, who maybe is coming, has never been a CD before? They're a staff therapist, so they're being promoted to a CD, and this is their first clinic. That's a great question. What I will do is the moment that lease is signed um, and the CD has been assigned to that de novo clinic. Um, I'll get one in print, one of these DeNovo handbooks. Um, and also, we should all have an electronic version saved in, as a PDF. Send it to their mailbox and also hand them one of these handbooks. Um, they can go through and read uh, a lot of how a DeNovo starts um, and get educated uh, themselves on that. I will take them right to page 18 <laughs> and, and go from there. Um, it's basically what our roles as AMs, what we do on the marketing side and, and how we can encourage our CDs to help market, you know, their clinic wherever possible. Yeah. Awesome. So this handbook we're relaunching with this podcast because it came out last year, the beginning of um, 2020. And then, you know, it's been a crazy 2020. So some of us opened DeNovo, some of us didn't. So we're just relaunching it to make sure everybody is aware of it. So Tammy, you didn't have this resource in 2019 when you opened a few DeNovos. You had it for the ones you opened in 2020. Did it help? Absolutely. It definitely helped, helped both sides. I know for me, it's great to see all this information um, in, in one place. And it's a consistent guide that I can constantly refer back to, um, to make sure that I'm on pace. Also for the operation side, everybody can kind of look at it and see, you know, where they need to be within the timeline of opening a de novo. Yeah. 
I will say, you know, you were talking about page 18. And the next thing, like if you scroll to like, not scroll, if you turn to page 22 and 23, it's exactly what you're talking about, like all in bullet format, Tammy. So this is really some good stuff because it talks about months and weeks before the opening day and how the account manager can work with the clinic directors and work with the OCs and the RVPs. Then it goes to the week of opening day and then weeks immediately after opening day. And then to guess what? After opening. So yeah, you're right. There's a really great timeline in here, Tammy. And so the timeline is just, I mean, down to, like you said, Stephanie, the, the day, but also there's a checklist in there, page 25. And it really can just keep everybody focused and guide them to where they need to be on every step of the way. How crucial is it for the account manager to be educated on what's going on throughout this process? Oh, 100%. I mean, we have to be, uh, take, we have to take the ball and run with it on this. Um, remember the CDs, we all know, they're busy treating patients. And um, also we have to remember as account managers, a lot of these CDs have been promoted to being a clinic director. Um, they've been staff therapists in the past. Um, they haven't actually stepped into a role, many of them, uh, where they're, you know, at the end of the day, this is their clinic. So not only are they learning a lot of stuff on their end, um, managerial wise, <laughs> but I think it's really important for us to help them along the way, you know, and guide them because um, it, in the end, we're, the AMs are the ones that are gonna develop um, you know, how fast these clinics are going to get off the ground and make the ground it running. Absolutely. A lot of them as a staff therapist, they don't always go to lunches or events. Sometimes it falls back on the CD. It obviously depends on what market you're in. For sure. So you kind of like you guys working as a team together um, is certainly a great approach and it kind of lays all out those expectations as well, which is really good. Yeah, and you know, since you've opened so many, is there anything you would have done differently or adjusted to have a better outcome along the way? You know, I would really encourage uh, account managers. In fact, if you go to the DeNovo handbook, <laughs> at the beginning, there is um, an opportunity checklist. And I think what I would like to do um, moving forward, and I think we should all do as account managers, is you know, when you're out riding around on a daily, on your daily sales calls or going to lunches or meetings, you know, this is your territory. You know it. You know the demographic. You know um, certain places. I mean, we're, we're the face, and we're out there in the face of RMSS and we can see for lease signs, we can see it all. So take whatever information and, and report back to your RVP or CDPs and say, Hey, what do you think about, you know, a clinic? Yeah. Going in that area. Well, it's funny because Kevin um, Conlon, you know, we had him on as well and he really discussed that Tammy. That's exactly what he spoke about. He, said put the ownership on you know the account managers that if you guys are you know you know the territory the best and you feel like that the next place this 
clinic can go into a certain area, certainly share that because uh, that's really valuable information. Get involved in that market survey strategy as best you can. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, too, that's going to be your clinic and you will be responsible. And Tammy, you, you know, I hope everybody is utilizing this resource. And it's nice that you're, util you're really utilizing it to the best of its ability. And I have heard on the CV side, too, and the clinical side, that it has helped them as well. Because there wasn't anything that was being used before and you kind of were hoping you were on track, but this kind of lays it all out for you. So if our team, if you haven't had a DeNova and you're going to have one in 2021, make sure that you um, follow some of these um, great practices that Tammy has been doing and seeing some of the success from it. Yeah. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for um, spending the time with us. I think you've provided incredible input um, to our team and how we can move forward when we have a de novo and understand what we have to all do. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. So Stephanie, I know you always like to ask our guests a key question. Okay, Tammy, so we have a really great question for you. What are you filling your mind with these days? Is there a book, a podcast, a TED Talk, anything that you have been listening to recently? Well, besides the Reconnect podcast, second Tuesday of each month, <laughs> um, yes. what I've been really enjoying is a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, and in a nutshell, it's just redefining your regular practices or routines or habits um, to help you achieve your goals in more effective ways. Yeah, that's awesome. So Atomic Habits, I've got that written down. So thank you, Tammy. I think that's a great book. Yeah. Thank you, Tammy, so much for spending this time with us. We appreciate it greatly. Absolutely, ladies. I really appreciate you having me on. It's great to talk to you. This concludes episode three of the Reconnect podcast. I'm Stephanie Fowler. And I'm Kim McTiernan. And we want to thank our editor, Ian Hauser. Well, we've got episode four coming up, and it is titled Sandstorm Growth. And in this episode, we're really going to look at it from both sides, with the clinical operations team along with the account managers team. So it's going to be a really great episode that has a lot of really neat insight, and we're going to be able to take something away from that episode as well. And we also want to ask everyone to email us at reconnect.urpt.com any content ideas we are we are doing the lineup for the rest of the year and we want to hear from you let us know what you want to hear and what you value and we will do our best to bring it to you